Welcome to another episode of the Caldwell 11th Word Podcast. I am Tom Blaisdell, your host, and tonight we have a very special guest in our midst, Sister Donna Holst. Donna, how are you this afternoon? I am great, thank you. Good to have you here. Thank you for uh, being willing to do this. It'll be fun. Yes, it will. Tell me about yourself, Donna. Where did you grow up? Where were you born and raised? I was born the end of January on a 35 below zero day in St. Anthony, Idaho. Eastern Idaho. Eastern Idaho. My parents, my mother was born in Sugar City. My dad was born in Parker. So that's really where my beginnings are, is in Eastern Idaho. And how long uh, did you stay over in that area? Well, we moved to Salt Lake when I was four because my uh, dad went to work as a carpenter for um, Hill Air Force Base building. And so we moved to Salt Lake when I was four. I started kindergarten in uh, Salt Lake, went first and second in Layton, Utah. And then my father had an opportunity to open a surge dairy farm equipment business in La Grande, Oregon. So we lived in La Grande for four years, four tumultuous years. Then his uh, uh, area changed. We moved to Payette, Idaho, lived there for four years. And I moved to Caldwell when I was 14 in 1951. Wow. You have seen a lot of change. And I have seen a lot of changes. Been lived a lot of places. Spent my the most of my time in Caldwell. So once you got to Caldwell, uh, do you have a few memories that stick out in your mind about uh, what it was like to be a teenager in the early fifties in Caldwell, Idaho? Um, teenager. Um, when we moved to Caldwell, the Everett Building had just barely been dedicated. It was a brand new area. People came to that building from Homedale, Middleton. That was the ward for this area. So my family hadn't really been that active. I hadn't attended primary and did start Young Women or Mutual, as we called it then, when we moved to Caldwell. So um, it was interesting. It's hard to be the new girl in town. But I adjusted. I did tell a lie to everyone, told them I had an older brother on a mission. But they soon found out that wasn't the truth. So Why do you think that? Well, why, were you, why were you telling a little fib about that? I don't know. I just thought that would be a good thing for my <laughs> resume. Nice. So I had two, three brothers. One brother died in infancy uh, in St. Anthony. He perfectly healthy baby boy in uh, the radiator in the nursery exploded and he was suffocated at 10 days old. Now in those days your mama had to stay in bed in the hospital for 10 days and yeah so then I have a brother Kent who was four years younger, brother Lynn and a little sister Jeannie. Okay okay mm -hmm. um, so when you were in Caldwell uh, all those years ago uh, the high school was a, that was the old high school across the street from the Ever Building, right? Yes. 
The old, old high school. The old one. That's right. It was too old, right? It was, it yes. was even before the, the Syringa Middle School. Was yes, yes. What was it like in that old, middle, uh, that old high school? My, it, my dad was, went there too. Yeah, it was creepy because I had left Payette and a brand new junior high building had just been built in Payette. And then we moved to Caldwell and here was this old, old school, the Steps Creek. And yeah, it, but it was okay. I, I melded, ran into a, a, my best friend at that time uh, in Caldwell Ruth Pincock Carr. We were buddies forever and ever and had a good time playing and, and uh, being teenagers together. So where did you live in Caldwell? You had the... There wasn't much of a town then. Yeah. Like what? Where, where were you at? I was right on South Kimball Avenue. Oh, on South Kimball. Yeah, I was a city girl. Leonard's a farm, uh, a farmer boy. So. Got it. Yeah. When you drive down Kimball now, what's the biggest change you see? Maybe from the fifties and sixties till now. Um, lots. All those houses there were so nice and new. Mm. Then and now they're kind of run down and they're older neighborhoods. Part yeah, part of it. Our backyard where I lived is now those apartment buildings, those uh, new ones uh, that are back there. So got it. Mm-hmm. Well, my grandpa he was there on Elm Street, uh, just, just off down of the, the road. Just down the road. That's mm-hmm. his backyard too. The, all those I remember growing up, the the horses would around that uh-huh. field where all those apartments are. Do you know Ron Reed? Yep. He had he his. Backyard in our backyard. Uh, in the 50s in Caldwell, was it a pretty... Uh, you went to Boise for anything fancy, right? That was the big no, city around here? No, When you... Uh, Boise was... I don't know. I didn't go to Boise much hmm. at all. But that was the big place to go, sure. Okay. okay. But I didn't go there very much. Pretty well just stuck around Caldwell. No, we'd, we'd listen to the radio a lot. Um, there were some things you could, um, Amos and Andy, and <laughs> and my dad loved those shows on the radio, so we would listen to those. But And we got a television before I was married, so. Okay. Uh, you and Leonard uh, did meet here in Caldwell. We went to school all four years together, but like I said, he was from the country and I was from the big city. And uh, we had a government class together our junior year. And uh, my friends and I kind of giggled through that class, my girlfriends and I. And he called me that summer and I wasn't home. And... uh, my dad said, hey, some guy called you Lonnie Holtz, calling back. And my dad never would approve of a girl calling a guy back. And, but I said, I'm not calling him back. <laughs> he was brave enough to call me another time, and I kind of was between boyfriends and accepted a date with him, and we went out to a movie. And Yeah. Did it get serious from that moment on? Um... From that moment on, good grief, Tom, that was a long time ago. Uh, Not really. Okay. Not really until after we graduated, just shortly after we graduated high school. He did come. We were one of the first seminaries in Caldwell, and we'd meet early in in the Everett building before church, and Leonard came to seminary with me occasionally when his bus got in. 
to, to the school on time. And so. But you stayed friends after uh, he asked you out on that first date? Yeah. Yeah, we dated quite a bit, and then we broke up. He was kind of casting some oats a different place, <laughs> and and I did as well. <clears throat> so, and then we got back together at graduation. Now, he talks about that he was a convert to the church. What do you remember about that? Had, was Were you inviting him to church? Was he attending <laughs> meetings with you <laughs> and um, your family? Not, not really. He didn't come to church with us. Um, I had uh, received a little scholarship to go to Provo, BYU Provo, and my dad thought that was the best thing in the world because that would get me away from him. Okay. See, get get this girl. I'm the oldest, the first daughter. Get this girl out of here. I want her to find somebody, a doctor or a lawyer or something. You know how that goes. So I went to Provo for a year, and Leonard was up here meeting with the missionaries while I was in Provo. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I don't think I really knew that until he told me. So uh, I came home after a year and said, hey, college isn't for me. I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a, an attorney. I don't want to be a teacher. I I have really good secretarial skills. I want to come home and get a job and get married. Have a baby. We love babies in our family. That's great. So you got home from that first year. Mm -hmm. uh, is that when it started to get pretty uh, right. intense, that relationship with the sure. children? Oh, that's I great. I would say so, yeah. And then you got married? Yep. We, he was baptized in May, and we were married in February in the Idaho Falls. Uh, was he already in to his professional career and knowing what he wanted to do? No. Or was he working more odd jobs at, the, at first? No, he, uh, he hadn't done any refrigeration work at that time. I left college, came home, and got a job at uh, Simplot Lumber Company, which is no longer in existence. <laughs> yeah. I was the receptionist, the PBX operator, and I worked there and then uh, at Glen L. Evans, fish fly. Do you remember anything about that? I don't remember that. Yeah, I was in the office there before our first child was born. Okay, okay. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell me about your Two years later, after we were married, we had Shane, uh, and then three years later, a daughter, Jana, after which I developed RA, rheumatoid arthritis, told not to have any more kids. We uh, decided, hey, the doctors don't know everything. Had another one, Jill, our daughter, Jill. And then after she was born, I really was in bad shape. I could hardly even pin her little diapers or snap her, her uh, jammies and just really in bad shape. And four years later, we decided we'd adopt, wanted another boy, <clears throat> excuse me. So we went through the church adoption system and they accepted us and they said, we don't know why we've accepted you because you've already got three kids. You really should not be on the list. And uh, they called us a couple of, about a year later and said, hey, we've got a baby boy for you. He's five months old. And we went to um, Pocatello, Idaho Falls and met him. Yeah. 
You brought him home. Was it a closed adoption, open adoption? Did you? No, it was closed. closed. <clears throat> yeah, brought him home. He had apparently <clears throat> been in another family because um, he later met his birth mother, and she, when he told Sid told her birth mom his birth mom he had older siblings. She said, "I can't." understand that because you, when you left the hospital it was a sing, uh, a couple with no children we think that with his personality and hyperactivity they said hey we can't do this and uh even at five months they already knew he was going to be a yeah, busybody yeah we knew that too yeah so, yep, he uh, he rang us through the ringer for a lot of years. A lot of years. And what year did you say that was when you adopted him? What year? When was we that? adopted him was 1970. 1970. Let's see, no, 1972. 72. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, that's, you, you've got a lot of grandkids, great grandkids. What's your count there? We have 10 grand critters, one's gone to heaven, and 23 great grand critters. Critters. Wow, 23. Mm -hmm. oh, that's great. How many of them live around here? In Not enough. Not enough, okay. We have an adult grandson in Emmett who is single, and our oldest grandson lives in Meridian. He has two children, but that's it. Our daughter Jill lives in Emmett. But okay. Not enough around here for sure. Um, when, did you, when did Leonard get into refrigeration, and when did you start helping boost that uh, small business off the ground? Well, he had um, a job working in refrigeration in Napa, and the company was going to close. The fellow, the owner, had sold it, and uh, he knew that he could not work for the new owner. And so he said, what do you think about starting our own business? I said, sure, why not? I knew how to do the books, and so we did that. Yeah. It was just the two of you? Did he have a, grow it to having a crew with he, a couple other he had uh He decided he better have a partner, which was a mistake, and uh, ran with a partner for three or four years, and then finally we just did it on our own. At one time, we had seven employees when we were remodeling a couple of stores, hmm. but usually there were three or four employees, plus Leonard and I. And I did all the all the books. I told the guys where to go, you know, like, Wendy's has a reach-in, go fix that. Did all the quarterly reports, all the payroll, all the employment, all the taxes. But I loved it. I loved it. With that, uh, what year did you move into this house? You've been here since? 1972 or okay. 70. I don't know. Close to the time when you adopted mm -hmm. your son? Yeah, we got Sid when we lived in Nampa. Yeah. Okay. So you've seen a lot of changes on, well, not too many on farm, we some. Yeah. Still we, a lot of uh, fields out here. We lived in Nampa when we uh, came home from Twin, and I'd bring the kids over to Valley View to do things, and I saw this house in stick form. And I loved it. And I'd come and check on it and just look at it. And finally I said, you know, I think we really need that house. So. I mean, 50 years on one street? Yep. In one location? That's unheard of and nowadays. And four kids in this little house. Well, let me go back and tell you about my kids. Yeah. <clears throat> Our son Shane 
lives in uh, outside of Hurricane, Utah, on a forty-eight uh, parcel, forty-eight acre parcel of land. That he's a mechanical engineer and he designed his place. It's all off grid, everything. His wife is an RN. They both have master's degrees, and Shane has an MBA. And uh, they live out there off the grid. She has a beautiful garden. They water it with solar and pump, and it's amazing. What does he do? Um, does he work for a firm for with his mechanical engineer? He was able to retire at 55 because he could. Wow. So, yeah, really he's impressive. retired. What did he do? Uh, what did he do uh, during those working years? He built uh, power plants. He built assisted building the one in Delta, Utah, one in Los Angeles, California, and then they lived for four years in Mexico, where he built a power plant down there. Wow. So kids are homeschooled. Very good educational time for their children. While they lived in Mexico. Wow. Mm-hmm. And how long were they down there? Four years. Four years. He had a five-year contract. And he said, when they don't, when they're lying to me to the point that I can't handle it anymore, the the workers, he said, oh, we'll be out of here. <laughs> but their two youngest children were getting to be teenagers and needed to be, be out of Mexico. So... Our daughter Jana is works in the office of R.C. Willie, and she lives in Tooele, Utah, right now. But they lived in Star up until two years ago. And our daughter Jill lives in Emmett. She's she has the two sons. Uh, she runs a, an insurance office. So they're all married. All have kids. Jana has four kids. Shane has four. One has gone to heaven. So that's uh, great. I mean, mm-hmm. you raised them right. It sounds like they're hardworking people and learned how to work. That's great. Mm-hmm. Did they help in the business at all with the refrigeration business? No, they just learned they didn't want to work in it because it's a 24 hour, seven day job. And they knew they didn't want to do that. So they learned that that's not for them. Yeah. Over the years. Yeah. And they got out. Uh, where did they uh, where did they do their schooling? They uh, graduated Valley View High School, and Shane got his bachelor's and master's in Provo and then an MBA at LNLUNV, what is that? Oh, UNLV. UNLV. There you go. Okay. That's right. Jill graduated from BYU, Provo, and Jana got, had a year before she got her MRS degree. Anything else you want to add about your childhood growing up here in Caldwell or raising your kids here that you can remember any fun experiences that come to mind? Oh, we always had fun. We did a lot of camping. Didn't have much time to have vacations because as Leonard will tell you, he's in the National Guard and had two weeks of summer camp every summer and that's kind of your vacation when you're employed so uh, didn't do a lot of big trips, but we did um, went to Disneyland twice when our kids were young and had a good time then. And, and our traveling began after we got older. 
Okay. We've been all over. Yeah. What are uh, what are some places that you really enjoyed visiting when you were traveling? When Leonard and I were traveling, I loved to cruise, and we've been on about eight cruises. Oh, nice. Love to cruise. Uh, um, one particular location or cruise that you remember that was just the best? Panama and Alaska are my two favorites, but we've also driven across the country twice with our fifth wheel camping and been to the church sites and done all of that. Yeah. Any places that you uh, you didn't get around to going, that you didn't visit, that you always wanted to Yes, go to? I'd love to go to Scotland and Ireland. That's where my grandparents were from, and we never did make it there. Hmm. Been to Europe a couple of times, England. We've been to uh, South America three times, Alaska twice, Canada Hawaii two or three times, and yeah. Man. Denmark, Leonard's roots are Denmark, so we've okay. been to Denmark several, twice. Now you mentioned that your grandparents are from uh, Ireland and Scotland. Um, I guess if I had to say, man, if you needed somebody to help you with family history, I'd recommend them to come to you. Yeah. Uh, what, what sparked your interest in family history? When I was in high school, they gave every student, senior student, a vocational test. Mine came back that I would should be a pharmacist or an archaeologist. I've learned a lot about pharmacology from all the drugs I've been on my life for rheumatoid arthritis, up and down that hill and a guinea pig many years. Archaeology, I love antiques, I love old things, I love old people, I just love old. And so that kind of did it when I was young, young mother, I'd work on the family history and have to put it away because it was time to can or sew or, or a busy time of the year, so I'd have to put it under the bed and then I'd grab it out and say, now where was I? How do I find this again? We did everything on those long sheets. You'd have to send it to Salt Lake for approval before the temple work could be done. And then you didn't get to do the temple work. They did it, and they said, this temple work has been done. Uh, I thought my life would never be better than when I bought my long carriage electric typewriter with a correcting ribbon. What year was that? You remember? I don't. I had it was at Summers Stationery in Caldwell, and I had to. Now put I do it remember on. that store. I do uh, remember yeah, that store. I had to put it on layaway. I think it was one hundred and twenty-five dollars. I had to pay off up, pay it off. But nothing could ever be any better than that. Until when I was doing the books by hand in the general ledger. My brother, who was a computer specialist, brought out three computers and put them on my dining room table. said, try this out. You're going to find your bookkeeping is so much easier to do. I said, I'm not touching those things. And I didn't until the church brought out the personal ancestral file DOS program. Oof. That was it. That was it. That got me, yeah. And from then on, I learned how to use computers. It It's so easy now to... Uh, the research hasn't changed that much other than you have everything at your fingertips. 
I just recently cleaned out my files of copies of everything where we have visited, biographies, um, cemeteries. We've taken pictures of actually where we've gone to the cemeteries. It's all now scanned and attached in Family Search so I could throw away the paper copies. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, census. I go to the Family History Library in Utah for a week every year with a good friend, and we wind those films, wind those films. <laughs> so, yeah, now that's at your fingertips. It's amazing. Maybe, I can't imagine what it's going to be in 20 years. Well, maybe that's the biggest change. I don't think people take family history vacations to go wind film as much as they maybe did yeah. 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. It has to be in your blood. You have to want to, want to do it. Well, I guess that segues us into speaking about your faith, Donna. How would you say family history and the family history work has helped your faith in God? I know the prophet has told us that those people on the other side of the veil will help us. And I've had numerous times in my life where they have been there in times of sorrow when Sid committed suicide right here in our backyard. Um, that, was, that was such a traumatic time. Uh, our house was ruined. We, had, we lived in our fifth wheel for three, four weeks while it was all changed and cleaned and everything. And looking back, I don't know how I got through that. But at that time, we did. We got through it. I, my health hasn't been wonderful. You can see, I can still type with my middle finger, that computer, but I've had a lot of health challenges. I've had three upper cervical surgeries. I'm trying to keep my head on my body. So I look like an erector set in there. The one where he went in through the front four years ago damaged my vocal cords. So you can tell I've got a raspy voice now and I can't sing. And uh, drug reactions, interactions, I kind of have been a guinea pig for those for a long time. I'm sure the medicines of uh, medications have changed. Oh, absolutely. And you've been through study after study after study over yep. the last 40, 50 years. With, yeah, with like 60, 60 years. 60 years. Mm -hmm. Do any of your uh, daughters or, or your sunshine, do they have rheumatoid arthritis? Nope. No. Mine was caused by an overactive thyroid that was went undiagnosed after Jana was born went for several months with that thyroid at revving me up and stress to my body yeah caused it so and uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned the difficult time you had uh, when Sid committed suicide mm -hmm. how did that change your perspective and your faith in God I don't know that it it changed that aspect of my life. Uh, it probably gave me a little nudge of realizing that someone real close to me 
had gone to heaven in even in such a violent way. However, um, I don't I don't think my my faith has ever really been shaken. Even in our family in 1972, uh, we had just started our business and uh, uh, five members of our family, four members of our family were killed in a small private airplane crash. Leonard's mother, his sister and her husband, and then Kathy and Milk Christensen's four-year-old son. And uh, that was a trying time as well because they didn't find the aircraft for nine months. So, but uh, I, I don't think my faith has ever been shaken. I don't think I've ever felt like, hey, I'm giving up. This is it. Forget it. If I had had the big boy drugs that are available now, I would have no deformity. But they weren't available then. They told me to take as many as 14 aspirin a day. Oh, my gosh. Until my ears started ringing, then that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't think anybody recommends you take that, <laughs> no, that many aspirin a day. That was it. They figured 14 aspirin a day. 14. Yeah. So, but I've really been very blessed um, to be in as good shape as I am having that that long. Well, not just physically. I think spiritually. You're like, what nurtured your testimony? Uh, I I don't in know. God. Every Every day there's something new that comes along. I... Um, have always been very strong and strong-willed. And uh, you don't tell me that I can't do it because I'll be showing you the, the right way to say that to me. Would you like to or can I help you? Because I'll do it myself, you know. <laughs> so testimony, uh, your testimony grows with everything that happens in your life and whether it's good or bad, your testimony will grow with that. Are there any special life experiences or anything that comes to mind um, that have caused you to trust more in God and Jesus Christ? Probably as I think back on my life a couple of times where I could have died that I didn't because someone here again was watching over me that uh, I have had a, a stronger belief that I am here for a purpose. Yeah. Would you mind telling us about some of those instances where sure. you were close to death? Sure. I, uh, and when I lived in La Grande, uh, I had a an unblown balloon between my teeth, was running being chased by a friend named Tommy. And uh, I inhaled that balloon back into my whatever. What is that, Tom? Into your larynx. Yes. And uh, could not could not breathe. Didn't think to try to reach it out. And just as everything was blacking out, I tried to say something like, help me or something and dislodged it. So you still remember almost blacking out. I can remember falling to the ground with Jeez. everything black. Yeah. Wow. So. I'm sure that was a, even for how young you were, a scary moment knowing that yes. 
it's out of your control and you can't do anything about yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's and another instance? Another time, Leonard and I had been married just a short time, and uh, he had an accident and and uh, eliminated the hood hooker-upper. So the hood would, of our car wouldn't hook down. And I was going out to Simplot Lumber at that time in 1960. Was that on Simplot Boulevard, where the factory is now? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Really and a big ditch on either side of that road, and the hood flew up. <laughs> Broke the windshield. I couldn't see. Going out to work, Simplot, in the morning is pretty busy both ways. And uh, I couldn't see. Had no idea how I got into that parking lot. So, yeah, I could have been killed that that time as well. If you had some advice uh, for a couple that is having marital troubles, what have you learned from all these years being married that could help someone uh, <laughs> overcome some difficulties in their marriage? Leonard and I both decided that divorce was not a... a, a word in our vocabulary. You're married for time and all eternity. And things have been tough, believe me. Try to work with your spouse in a business for 30 years where you are so different. I want things done properly, on time, laid back, Leonard, you know. I'm telling you, we it, it, it was not... A bed of roses the whole time. <laughs> and my office was in my home. Where am I going to escape? I can't go home at night and say, that boss, oh my heck, do you know what he did to me today? <laughs> so There were advantages. I could sleep with my boss. Oh, there you go. Plus, there was no um, uh, problem with uh, kissing the secretary or patting her or, you know. No har harassment, harassment, harassment. So, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, you just you just hang in there. It's not going to be a bed of roses, but there are days where it's all roses and not thorns. Do you remember times um, as a young mother with all those kids? What were some of the struggles you ran into most? and had the diff most difficulty with? You know, our kids, Shane, Jan, and Jill, were really good kids. They didn't give us a lot of trouble. Uh, Sid made up for all of that. He came with different genes, and from the time he was just little, he, he let go of the iron rod when he was 16, and from that time on, he was into uh, all kinds of illegal things. Seems like he was in Canyon County Jail. He's got really good friends in there. He had really good friends in the jail system. Uh, he never did go to prison, but uh, he was in trouble all the time. Uh, drugs, probation violations, uh, such as that. So... Yeah, we are so thankful we know that he's in a much better place. And he he knows he is. And I can tell you that by by 
personal revelation that he is so happy there. Thank you for mm -hmm. sharing that. Mm -hmm. Donna, if there's a message that you could send a hundred years into the future for your progeny to hear, what would that one thing be? Hang on to the iron rod. Uh, don't ever think that you don't have a loving Heavenly Father and a Savior who both love you and care about you and know you, know what you're doing, know how to um, comfort you and give revelation to you and, and help you through your prayers to do what you should be doing. Just don't ever give up. Never give up and endure to the end. Thank you.